0: Hi there, I'm Nicole Gilbert, and you're listening to the Stop Scrolling, Start Sewing podcast. Are you new to sewing and want to start quilting, but have no idea where to begin? Each Wednesday, join me as I share the ins and outs of that quilt life. If you don't have a sewing machine, have no idea how much fabric you need, or you're just trying to figure out where the heck to stick that bobbin, this is the podcast for you. Hey folks, welcome to episode 49 of the Stop Scrolling Start Sewing podcast. I am beyond excited for this episode, you guys. So on today's episode, we're talking about the maker's mentality, uh, which I think all quilters kind of have. I have found over the years as I talk to more and more quilters and I teach more and more beginner quilters that most of us are crafty at heart. You know, I myself was the kind of kid who, when my mom was like, what do you want to do? I'd be like, can we please go to AC Moore? Can we please go to Michael's? And I would do latch hook kick, and I would get caught in my bedroom oh my gosh I remember this one time I was painting my bedroom furniture but I didn't ask if I was allowed to paint my bedroom furniture it was a thing it was not good but that's kind of just always what I've been and even now even though I would definitely say predominantly I'm a quilter um I use my Cricut so so much. Like not a week goes by where I'm not crafting something or making something with my Cricut. I make wreaths for my front door. Uh, It's just I like being crafty and I like making things with my hands. So today I actually have the pleasure of speaking with one of my students from the June 2020 cohort of the Modern Quilters Academy. Uh, Her name is Stephanie Labarta and she is I am truly blessed. She's not just a student at this point. I would definitely say that she's a friend. Um, I love getting messages from her. And I think it's one of the greatest byproducts of the Academy that, uh, you know, we started in a student teacher role and now she's comfortable enough that she will ask me questions and send me DMs and uh it's it's really nice and is one of my my favorite things uh and it's not something that's only happened with stephanie uh several other of my students uh i have a similar relationship to as well but anyway we were chatting and this idea of like makers gonna make uh was so predominant throughout the conversation that i thought it definitely was something that i should share with you guys so uh here we go. There's probably a little choppiness at the very beginning of the audio because um, I am not super t- uh, technologically advanced. And so uh, I hit the record button at the wrong time, <laughs> to be fair. Uh, so uh, we are just going to dive on in. Hi, Stephanie. I am so excited that you are here with us today. Uh, We are going to have so much fun chatting. I did introduce you a little bit in the introduction of this episode, but if you wouldn't mind uh, just introducing yourself to our listeners uh, so they kind of understand a little bit about you before we dive into our chat.
1: I'm 30 years old and I've been crafting... My whole life, pretty much, but a little bit of everything, painting, jewelry, anything Michael sells, I've tried. Um, but I started focusing more on sewing and in, in the last few years, um, just because it's more interesting than the rest as you get older. <laughs>
2: Oh, that's awesome. So I myself also am, I would consider myself like a maker, I guess right now. Now at this point, I got to just consider myself a culture because that's all I do these days. (laughs) But um, I definitely was the kid who was like repainting my furniture in my bedroom when I was like nine and then getting in trouble from my mom. Like, why are you painting my furniture?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Anything that can be DIYed gets changed at some point.
2: Yes. Yes, I love that. And I love that about all of my students. I've noticed that over the years, last year, as I've gotten to know each of my students individually, everybody kind of has that same little streak. (laughs) They're either like, yes, and when I was eight, I was obsessed with little latch-up kits, and I would make my mom (laughs) a latch-up kit. All these little things that it's like makers and especially like quilters when you're, you're like physically putting something together that's going to be useful. People who tend to gravitate towards that tend to have been like makers their whole lives, which gets me really excited. I love that. Um, so you have always been a crafter. Um, have you attempted to learn to quilt prior to joining uh, the Modern Quilters Academy?
1: Yeah, so that's the funny thing. um, Because throughout this whole process, I actually found what I attempted. So I attempted quilting, like I feel like most people do, you get lost in Pinterest and assume (laughs) that you can learn to quilt as easily as the blog post said you could. Um, And I've had quilt pieces, like I had the quilt squares, I had people gift me like those packs that you can buy at michael's that have a certain set of fabrics together and then i started cutting fabric and doing what was supposed to be i now know as chain piecing but it's not what it was okay. so I have, and i just found it recently where i have a bunch of squares cut that could be a quilt now um but some of it is sewn all wrong um and some of it doesn't make any sense because pinterest is not accurate you can't you can't just learn from the blog post that doesn't give you all of the descriptions when you have no idea what chain piecing is. Cause I'm pretty sure I made it up as I went along. So now it's going to be a quilt at some point. Cause I found the pieces I still have, but that's not what it was in the beginning.
2: Oh, I love hearing that so much because um, one, I love the idea that you're going to go back and, put it together now that you kind of know the steps that go in between the steps of the blog (laughs) posts. Um, What I think is really interesting is I definitely think I am self-taught. I've obviously taken a lot of classes and done a lot of advanced work since like learning the basics, Um, Mm -hmm. but you have to do an insane amount of research and reading to fill in those blanks because you don't know what you don't know, so like you read it and you're like, Okay, well, that seems straightforward. I'm just gonna do that, yeah, like this doesn't this doesn't seem right. I can't yeah. do this, and then you start like second guessing yourself,
1: yeah,' and they're like, well, they made it and it's
2: not necessarily that they're like the blog posts aren't bad by any means, they're just yeah. not um all-encompassing
1: yeah cool. they assume you the person reading it knows what they're yeah. doing most of the time because what I started with was a, a typical square quilt like just just like, like a pattern
2: yeah, like, like but it was not
1: looking like the rows are supposed to look now that I know what they're supposed to look like you <laughs> like those posts just talk to the person as if the person that opens it knows what they're doing yeah. and I certainly did not
2: yeah no, Yes. And I think that that also happens with quilt patterns as well. Even like the patterns that are like, oh, for beginners. And it's like, well, they are still assuming you have a yeah. basic amount of knowledge for some things. So you do kind of need some things to, to kind of fill in the holes for you. Um, besides that quilt, have you tried doing any other sewing previously? I'm sure last year you're probably doing a lot of masks.
1: <laughs> like everybody who can, if you can sew a little bit, you sewed masks last year. I sewed so many masks. I am tired of masks, <laughs> um, even though I'm still sewing them like for myself. But, yeah. but um, yeah, prior to that, I just sewed home things. So like pillows and pillow covers and curtains, because that's all my mom knew how to sew. So that's how I learned. And then once I got my own machine, I wanted to venture out and was doing like children's stuff for my niece and nephew, some puppets. I just, I saw everything possible. And I was like, okay, this is not adventurous anymore. Oh, so <laughs> That's when I attempted to learn to quote myself, which just then got thrown in the bin with all the scrap fabric until, until now that I found it. I'm like, I'm ready. I can restart that. <laughs> Yay!
2: Yeah. I want to see that. You should post that into the, the group when you're when you're making it I want to see yeah um so speaking of sewing machines because you said once you finally got your own sewing machine what sewing machine were you using when you were going through the course like what sewing machine were you using when you were figuring out how to quilt on your own and then what kind of sewing machine did you use throughout the course so I was using the
1: brother sewing machine it's a different version than what I call the Project Runway version because there was that version that literally came out stamped Yeah. With Project Runway. I think it's like the Brother CE 7070, something like that. Okay. So I that was my first, my own sewing machine because I learned on those really old manual sewing machines. Yeah. Um. So that's what I learned.
2: Like an old candle class. or like something like Yeah, that. the terrifying ones
1: I say that feel like the you can cut off a finger. Yeah.
2: and you're like if your finger gets too close you're like "Mm."
1: yeah (laughs) because there's no gauging the speed on those nothing um so then yeah through the process that's the one I used was the brother and then as you know towards the end then I got an upgrade
2: yay yes so Steffi and I got to uh talk a little bit about um, purchasing a new sewing machine. And, uh, it's something that I have mentioned on the podcast previously. Like it's one of my favorite conversations to have. So if anybody is ever like, Hey girl, I need help. Like I am here to help. I will chat all day. Poor Stephanie was like, I just wanted you to tell me if I have found the right one. And I like, <laughs> had her talking for like three hours. No, but it would be shorter. I promise. <laughs> If I were to help you guys get find your sewing machine. But yeah, so I believe if I, memory serves me, you ended up getting a Janome 6,600P? Um,
1: yes, yes, I believe that's the one. I forget. It has
2: the red faceplate?
1: Yeah, it does.
2: 6,600P. Yep, Kind of like an encyclopedia for these things. You
1: are. <laughs> I had to look at it and I was like, wait, the model number's not on there so close. But yes, yeah, the Memory Craft. Sixty-six fifty. Yep. That's right.
2: Boom. Uh, but yes, it's a pretty awesome machine. Uh, but she went through the course with, uh, the brother and I believe the brother that she's talking about, I had a very similar one, Mm -hmm. um, when I was at a similar stage in my, in my sewing, uh, and I had gotten it at a big box store. Um, it was pretty inexpensive Mm -hmm. if it was maybe 150 bucks, maybe. Um, And it was a great little machine. It did what I asked it to do. uh, But eventually, my skills kind of outgrew the machine. And I think that and and please correct me if I'm speaking for you. But after the conversation I had with you, it sounded like where you were and your skill set was kind of outstripping what the machine could do.
1: Yeah, yeah. And that's where you helped me figure out that there is a time and a place for like every machine because the things I was wanting to do and with the quilting and thicker materials, just more layers, the brother just couldn't handle it anymore. Cause it's just, I think it's meant for that to a certain point, but then it's kind of like, wait, things are getting stuck where they shouldn't. It's making a noise. It shouldn't. And that's where I was like, okay, it's time to upgrade. And I've had it, I had it for a few years. It got me through tons of sewing projects.
2: Yes. Yes. And that's, I, I, I personally, I feel like every machine is a great machine. Mm -hmm. Um, You just got to make sure that the machine you have is, is working for you as you grow. Um, I think very introductory uh, quilters, that machine still, if you felt like pulling it out to just do the piecing of your top could totally do that just fine. Um, Really. I mean, obviously there's a lot of fun bells and whistles once you start to go into a higher end machine that you're just like, oh, it cuts the thread for me. It <laughs> itself. I don't have to, you know, remember any settings. I just press a button and it does all the things. Yeah, That's all nice, but that's also exactly that. It's just nice to have. It. Yeah. necessary. Uh, the biggest things are the power of the motor and the size of the throat space, especially when you're a quilter. Like when you're trying to push all of that material through, it makes a big difference the more space you have. Yeah. Um, I can't remember exactly, but I want to say your machine now, the, the Memory Craft, the 6650, has like eight or nine inches.
1: It does. Yeah. And that was the bigger reason, like the motor and that were the two reasons I really realized I wanted and needed a bigger machine because the brother was great. And it still it still was working great for like projects that didn't require so much room or so much push through with the the fabric. But this one was that reason because having that throat space, I never realized it until I had it, how useful it is. To have that much room, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: to have a motor that is strong enough so that the fabrics don't always get caught.
2: Yeah, because you'll you'll notice you'll think that you're doing things wrong, and it's not you. Yeah, I think that that's an unfortunate frustration that some people run into because they're like, okay, I'm not getting this. Why don't I understand? Yeah, isn't it working the way that it looks like it's working on YouTube? Like it's not doing that. And it's not you. It's the machine. Yeah, that was Uh, that was me. Yeah. Uh, And also the space too, because I have quilted, I quilted a king size quilt on that little brother machine and I did it. (laughs) I mean, like I have guns of steel after doing that (laughs) quilt, but I did it. And I didn't realize how much easier it could be until I got a much larger machine. And now the machine I use now has like, I want to say it's like 13 and a half inches of throat space. Wow, Uh, It's huge. And I love it. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, And also like, I'm also many, many, many years into my quilt journey and i yes.
1: and no more squeezing everything. it in to yeah, that I little space because a king
2: size. Oh yeah. King size quilt <laughs> is no joke. It is no joke. And I, I do remember the first week of our of class, me being like, okay, you guys, we're doing a crib size quilt. Like don't <laughs> this thing is ridiculously tiny. And you guys were all like, oh, okay. And then like two weeks later you were like, I don't know if I could have done something <laughs> <laughs>
1: That is very true. And that's something why I also think, like you said, like a maker always wants to do the most that they could possibly do, even without knowing anything. Because that's I felt the same. I was like, this is tiny. And then towards the middle, I was like, this is perfect. I I cannot imagine doing something else. But I feel like that is just part of the maker crafty person that they're like, we're going to tackle any project. We'll get there. But with quilting, it's so different. The size does matter because there's so many steps that doing something larger than that the first time, I could not even imagine it.
2: Yeah. And you also don't want to get tired of it either. um, Exactly. Yeah. I do too. And it might, again, I might also lend itself to some of this maker personality that we're talking about. Um, But I will like to make a lot of different things. Yeah. And I tend to jump from things like I have a huge UFO whip pile, unfinished object work in progress pile, <laughs> um, like a ridiculous amount. And I actually and this is terrible because I know I've mentioned these quilts on the podcast before, like six months ago, these two queen size quilts that I've made for my friend's daughters. And guess what? Oh, you have yeah. not done. <laughs> They're amazing, gorgeous quilts the prettiest colors. They have so many teeny tiny pieces that by the time I was done quilting those quilt top to piecing those quilt tops, I don't want to look at them. And every <laughs> once in a while I'll like see them. Cause I'll be like rearranging things in the room and I'll be like, mm, not today, not today. <laughs> and you kind of need to like have those quick wins. Yeah. That's something that's also really important early on when you're learning, learning how to quilt. If you did a project like that, that project was not, those quilts are not particularly difficult in their intricacies. They're difficult in the sizes of the pieces because they're really small. And so really tiny pieces on a queen size quilt, that's a lot of seams.
1: Yeah.
2: (laughs) Um, A lot, a lot of seams. However, it also takes forever because there's so many seams. And then it's like without that like win of like, oh my gosh, I finished that yeah accomplishment you're like why why am I doing this (laughs) a lot of time guys (laughs) that is true though I
1: I've learned that throughout this process a quick win especially when you're learning something like quilting a quick win makes you feel good Mm -hmm. (laughs) because otherwise you can't really see that's the funny thing about quilting like until something is more put together you don't really see what it's going to look like. Mm-hmm. So it's like, come on, I got to do another panel. Mm-hmm. I want to see what this is starting to, to be like, what, what are we going to look like here?
2: Yes, 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 yes. And that's, I mean, the, the quilt that we do in the Modern Cultures Academy, it's a, technically it's called like a one block wonder. Cause it's not like a bunch of blocks. It's just like, mm-hmm. a, uh, kind of one overall mosaic kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but it also it's it's quick and satisfying without it just being straight squares because that's yeah. also kind of boring. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think that that's huge. And also, uh, if I see one more mug rug or hot <laughs> holder, like you got to do something yeah. more than that, guys. Oh man, I want, to, I want stretch goals. Like I want, yeah. you to me, but I want you to do a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So speaking of the course, because I know I keep on bringing it up, what was your, especially in reference to um, those like self-taught blog posts and stuff, what was your experience with, with the course? What were your favorite parts? What were things that like stuck out for you?
1: So I think for me, especially always learning something new and something like this the course just made it really clear for me. Like I wasn't confused by any of the descriptions or like, cause like you said, a blog post, depending on who the writer is, they don't know who they're talking to. So it's not built always for the beginner that knows nothing. So for me, the way the course was set up, it was perfect. Like a glossary of what these abbreviations mean cause there, there's a million of them in quoting and sewing in general. And then just the way that you explained certain things, it didn't make it feel too hard. Because I think that that was the struggle with me when I attempted my Pinterest project was that that didn't make it seem too hard. But then when I attempted it. I gave up not long after, Um, but the way the course is set up, it kind of was so streamlined and not confusing at all that I was able to follow the steps clearly, even with the videos. I know we've spoke about this before, um, like throughout our sewing conversations and things like that, but even YouTube videos, sometimes the person making it is thinking that the people watching know exactly what they're talking about, but a person may just be going there to learn. So like even the way your videos are set up, it's like, I know you're here to learn. So, <laughs> and the fact that you always vocalize to us that you've been there and you've kind of made the mistakes for us. So this is an easier way to learn. I think that made it easier for me to pick up on the different steps, even just in terms of cutting. Cause I felt like at first I was like, okay, wait a second, half square triangle. Don't know what we're talking about, (laughs) but it was so clear the way you broke it down and what it could turn into that. It just makes it feel super easy, which is not always easy as you already know with <laughs>
2: Pinterest
1: and all the craft websites, YouTube, it's not as clear. Yeah. As it could be.
2: Yeah. Um, that, uh, from a teacher standpoint, that makes me so happy to hear because you do, you kind of make all of this stuff thinking about what you think people want to hear and what they want to see. Uh, so knowing that that actually was worked yeah. it is awesome to hear. Um, I know that a lot of the reason why I put together the course, the way that I did was because I taught myself and I did the YouTube thing. And so then I would have to like, stop and be like, okay, she said that, like, I knew what she was talking about. So now I have to go find out what she was talking about. And then I could go back. And so you end up down these rabbit holes. Yeah. And I wanted you guys to not feel like you ever had to leave the course. And if you did have to leave the course, you could go into the Facebook group and ask a question and either myself or one of the other people in the cohort would be able to answer your questions. Yeah. Um, and I thought that, that was great too, because I know that um, there was, and there's, Oh, and this kind of happens with all my cohorts. There's like a handful of people who are super active and then a handful of people who like never talk at all. And they'll like email me here and there. And, and both are really great sets of people because everybody's working towards the same thing but I'm the only one who gets to see the two different sets Um, but I know like with your cohort you had Jennifer and Ashley and they were always in there and a lot of times I would wake up and I'd be like oh my gosh let me go check the Facebook group, make sure that there was no questions because I know like myself um, I'm a few years older than you Stephanie I'm not going (laughs) to date myself but at your age I was someone at like midnight At my age now, I'm sleeping. Like, I'm hard (laughs) sleeping. I'm, like, four hours into sleeping. Uh, So I would wake up in the morning knowing, oh, gosh, they might have been sewing last night and had like, a question. And then you guys would have answered it for each other already. Yeah. like, told each other, like, where to find that. And I thought that that was was great, too. Um,
1: Yeah. That's one thing I loved about it, too. It was part of the reason, also, that I wanted to do this was because when you – are sewing, or if you do have questions, it's hard to find that sense of community with people because sometimes you get the two kinds of people where you either have a group where it's just a bunch of advanced sewers. So you kind of feel shy even asking the question because then it's like they might be like, what is she even doing with a sewing machine? <laughs> <laughs> or there's like the super beginners that you're kind of all kind of trying to figure it out. So you all have the same questions so you can't really answer each other's question and that's what I liked about the the Facebook group too because we all had different experiences with sewing which I think helps when you're learning to like quote something um so we did get to answer each other's questions and just having other people doing the same thing where it's like am I getting this or did I hear something wrong as I was doing it
2: yeah you guys I think you guys were awesome I loved it like I would like I I geek out like watching you guys have fun (laughs) stuff so i would like re- like be making dinner for my kids and i'd be like oh my gosh you're jennifer and stephanie had the best breakthrough today while they were <laughs> my and like my six-year-old is like okay mom <laughs> that's great <laughs> like my kid my kids know my students because i do i i do participate a lot and i'm i'm definitely not a nickel and dime person by any means mm-hmm. um, and so when you guys need help I'm just there to help you guys so I have gotten to know some of you guys really well um and some people kind of stick out in my brain more than others but uh if you ask questions i I will answer I am- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's true you do always answer <laughs> Even
1: the questions that I feel like are like is this a, is this a dumb question did you miss something You're like no no Because I've been there and I'm like, see, you've been there through all the troubles for us.
2: Yeah, I've done some really not bright things (laughs) and I am here to make sure you guys avoid it. Yeah. (laughs) So since the course, what have you been working on?
1: So a few things, like you said, you like you, you have a bunch of different stuff happening. Um, In terms of quilt, I've been working on the North Star quilt that you had posted for us. That one, that one took me for a loop. (laughs) But I taught you all the things you needed to know. I did. (laughs) Good thing. I must say, I can, no one that takes this course can never say you didn't tell us something. (laughs) You did. And and your podcast last week is what really showed me. I was like, you know what? It's fine. It's fine. Because this quilt has taken me a while to finish because it was more challenging as it should be because it's like the next one. But then you wonder, like, wait, where did I mess up? What did I miss? Because I have the issue you just spoke about last week where some points were cut out. Oh, yeah. As they're sewn. But then in the end, you said, if from far you can't see it, it still looks good, pretty yeah. much. I- so that's how I've navigated because I paused a few times and I was like, nope, this looks horrible. But then I would show it to somebody else. They're like, what are you even talking about? I was like, oh. Yeah,
2: you're <laughs> definitely your worst cl- critic. Absolutely, always. Like I will find quilts that I'm like, I jacked that thing up so badly. And <laughs> literally that people are like, that is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And it warms your heart. But at the same time, you're like, no, it's not. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and that was my thing with this one. So my top is almost done because I ended up with missing a panel, which I'm pretty sure I just forgot to sew it because I miscounted. But I'm almost done with the top and I have everything to start actually quilting it. But that's the biggest thing I'm working on now. And then just other sewing projects like you. I like to try to do a lot of different things just to not get bored of something because it is true. I feel like if you're doing something for too long, and not seeing the winds in there. You're just like, oh, again, I have to work on you today. <laughs> <laughs> but but that's been a fun project. It's It was a struggle. Those corner pieces and those points yeah. were not my friend. But that's also the cutting thing that I know in doing all this. I was like, okay, you really need to work on really pressing down on that ruler and cutting things as slowly. Even if you feel like it's going too slow, cut slower. Because um, yes. that's one thing I noticed. Tools.
2: Sharp tools make sharp points.
1: Yes, I forget about that sometimes. I don't
2: change your rotary blade. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, Stephanie. Go change your rotary blade.
1: <laughs> I do forget about that sometimes, and I keep on going and going with the same cutter, and I think that's it too. Um, like but yeah, I've been dollars. enjoying that. Yeah, <laughs> really good.
2: Five dollars.
1: Go get so good. I'm pretty sure I have every supply that you've recommended now at this point because I was like if she tells me to I'm gonna do it it works. <laughs> my husband's like what is this from Joanne's today I'm like don't you
2: worry <laughs> I know I try to not recommend too much because I never want you guys to feel like you have to get all of the things because you definitely don't need all of the things yeah Whenever. when you get to a certain point And you're like, okay, now I want to have the nice-to-haves. Now I've got all the things that are necessary. Now I want the (laughs) nice-to-haves. I have also bought all of the things. (laughs) Tell you which ones are good and which ones are not good.
1: Which is why I figure you know best (laughs) what are the nice-to-haves, what is actually useful to have. Because I must say, the one thing I bought that I didn't know was going to be a life changer, that was, was that quilt ruler forget what it's called suction cup holder
2: oh the thing that they also sell at like bed bath and beyond for like falling yeah. in the bathtub thing and
1: it looks like it belongs in the bathtub for like <laughs> somebody to hold on if they're gonna fall but uh-huh. that thing really makes a difference especially I'm one that has shaky hands naturally okay, so yeah. I needed some assistance with keeping my ruler straight yeah. and I never realized how great that would be but it's amazing
2: yeah. And it's also good because um, I know our listeners can't see, but Stephanie is a very small person uh, and <laughs> rulers are very long. And so like my hands, I can hold it and my hand spreads out and I, I'm not a little person. <laughs> um, and so like with my hand, just my hand, I can cover a six inch space. And so I might only have to inch it once or twice on a 24 inch ruler. Um to Me. keep that ruler steady but stephanie is like little teeny tiny little hands yes. She probably has to move that thing like her hand like four oh, or five can't. times while she's trying to cut it and that makes a huge difference on um, the straightness of the lines and so this um grip that we're talking about and i'll put a link to it in the show notes if if uh I haven't mentioned, I don't think I've mentioned it recently, uh, but it really does look like kind of reminds me of like a big toy phone also. Yeah. <laughs> People are probably listening to this. Like, what are these girls talking about? But if you have one, you know exactly what we're talking about. Yep. They're usually like pink or green. Those are like the ones you usually see at the cold shops. Uh, if you're at Bed Bath & Beyond in the shower section, they have one. It's silver. Um, it's all the exact same thing. Uh, and it's just like two big suction cups. And when you, hold the handle it evenly distributes the pressure throughout the whole ruler so you don't need to move and the movement when you're cutting is what makes you get wobbly lines and makes the ruler shift and even the slightest increment of a shift will then change the angle of your cut and then things go sideways from there (laughs) (laughs) yeah Um, but I am really excited, one, to see what that quilt looks like that you're working on that you had previously abandoned because I think that you will kind of make something fun out of it because especially when you've got old stuff and you may not have known what you know now um, and you start pulling out those pieces and putting them together, um, your finished product might not even look how you originally anticipated it to look because you're going to be making differences yeah you've got to make them work so that'll be kind of interesting to see Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm also really excited for you to participate in the new alumni group because I think you'll get a kick out of that we're we started this weekend adding people who have been opting into some of the other programs that I do and having everybody come together from different quilting backgrounds um, I think will be a lot a lot of fun So I am super excited about that. Um, But before I let you go, because you have been so gracious to share your lunch hour with me, um, and I do not uh, take that lightly, plus I'm currently hiding in my bathroom because my house is getting recited. Still, remember that in that episode last week, week four? And I was like, oh, don't listen because you can hear them siding my house. They're still doing it. Um, So I am like hiding in a bathroom right now. Um, What would you share with someone who is considering learning how to quilt or maybe be considering uh, participating in an upcoming cohort of uh, Modern Quilters Academy Learn to Quilt in 60 Days?
1: Um, Well, the first thing is just don't be afraid. (laughs) Don't be afraid to take the class. Don't be afraid to ask the questions um, because... I feel like that's what happens with everybody when they want to learn something new. You're worried about, because that was me. I was always worried about um, who the people I'm going to learn from are, how they're going to teach me. Will they think the question's dumb? But in this group, I have not felt that one bit um, because it felt like the community I was looking for as a maker, as a crafter, as doing all the things. You don't always find other people that like to do all the same things or, or some of them. So I feel like. This course did that. It wasn't just about the quilting. It was kind of about where everybody was in their sewing journey or learning to quilt journey. So, like you said, we could ask each other questions. There was no worry about the wrong question, or like when you did the lives where we asked questions, there really was no question off limits. So I feel like that in itself is the reason to do it. Um, and not only that, it was just fun. I really enjoyed. The videos you did in the in the course especially because YouTube is quite frustrating um, <laughs> they don't always show you what they're doing so you can I need to see somebody's hands what they're doing what you're telling me to do a quarter inch seam I don't know what that is so <laughs> at the time I feel like it's impossible to get through that and feel successful in learning something so when you get off YouTube you kind of feel a little defeated like oh I got nothing from that video so I would say that also made me enjoy the learning process because I feel like if you're not enjoying learning it, it kind of makes you feel like, oh, what am I doing here? Or am I going to get to the end? Am I going to be able to even make something? But like you made us feel great all the time. I talk about people about you all the time. My husband practically knows who you are. <laughs> um, <laughs> My whole family, they're like, who? I was like, you know, my quilting class. Hello. <laughs> I feel like all of that is reason enough to just give it a shot and just not be afraid of what the end product's going to look like because we all said it was going to be horrible and then we all ended up with like amazing pieces I have mine on my recliner here in my craft room and I look at it every day Yay! and it's small but it's my little throw it's like oh my first one it, yes. it's it's worth, it's worth doing and it's worth taking if you want to learn something new in an easier way, not on your own. I don't re- recommend <laughs> learning on your own with YouTube.
0: Yeah. And the thing is, I, I never want to knock
2: learning on your own on YouTube, but I've done it and I'm like, man. Yeah. Easier.
1: You need to find the right person. I feel like that's what it is. Because like, yeah, I've learned how to make a tote bag on YouTube or like something simple, zippered or things like that. But something like this where there are so many terms that you don't know it's easy to get lost in a pattern and feel like wait we went from step one to ten what happened to the in-between steps did I miss something because that's how I would feel with patterns is like wait it sounds like we just skipped a bunch of stuff in here and I had no idea until like you would even go over patterns with us and say listen they are a little complicated but as long as you know the terms and you know the different reasonings they're doing certain things and the order they're doing it then it will make more sense Mm-hmm. So it's kind it fun for me to learn because I don't want to be stressed oh. while learning.
0: <laughs> oh, my gosh. And
2: it should never be stressful. Like, I feel like I mentioned this in a recent podcast episode. Like, this is your hobby. This is yeah. what you're taking time out of your day to do for enjoyment. Yep. It's okay to get frustrated here and there because that's, that's going to happen no matter what you're learning. But you should not be frustrated and, like, I don't want to do this today. If you don't want to yeah. do it, that means something's wrong because you should still want to do it you should still enjoy it It it'll be fun yeah okay well oh my gosh thank you so so much for spending a little bit of your afternoon with me Stephanie it was so good to speak to you again um I do love my little friendships that have
0: blossomed
2: (laughs) with my students they're so much fun um But I just wanted to say thank you so much. I look forward to seeing you in the alumni group. I definitely look forward to seeing that project that you're working on. Uh, If you have any questions, let me know because, you know, that's what I do. Um, And I will talk to you soon.
1: Yes, you will. <laughs> tomorrow at 3 30 i've already paid attention to live yes
2: we'll be live tomorrow. At 30 <laughs> on the facebook page i love it we'll That's be fun.
0: there <laughs> okay guys so how much fun was this conversation with stephanie um i had an absolute blast uh talking with her and um i it really does warm my heart to hear how much my students have gotten out of participating in the Modern Golders Academy. Um, And I'm so looking forward to this next cohort uh, that will be opening up soon. So we have another class starting. Uh, Enrollment will begin in May 25th, and our actual first day of class is June 7th. So I'm really looking forward to that. But if you're still like, you're not ready to dive all in, that's totally fine. I love having my chats here with you guys weekly. I get so much out of sharing with you and I love hearing all of the insights and takeaways that you guys have. Um, And if you have any thoughts to share with me, please send them in an email or DM me on Instagram or on Facebook. I love hearing from you guys. Uh, I do also, uh, before we go, uh, if you're interested to hear like what the framework is uh, for quilting, uh, and how I teach it, what I do with my curriculum, the type of information that I share, I am hosting a free workshop starting next week. Um, and if you want to participate in the workshop where I will go over the five key steps and stages to quilting and getting it right the first time, uh, go ahead and head on over to nicolegilbertquilts.com slash masterclass and you'll be able to register. And don't worry, if you cannot attend live, there is an option for you to uh, go ahead and just register, and then we can send you the replay afterwards. So I so look forward to seeing you there. All right, guys, you have just completed another episode of the Stop Scrolling, Start Sewing podcast. I hope you had as much fun as I did today. And if you haven't already, please hit subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Now stop scrolling and start sewing.